Okay, let's get this rolling. Welcome to episode two of Into the Van. This is a new recording. I sat down with the Crapsons at the beginning of February. So we had this awesome chat, talked about Crapfest 2 that's coming up, everything that was planned for the rest of the year, how naive and innocently we thought that those plans would go ahead. The longer this has been going on, I've been thinking of the Public Enemy album with the perfect title for all this, which is Man Plans, God Laughs. And I always keep thinking about that because every single tour and musician, every single event, every single thing has been completely cancelled or rearranged for the foreseeable future. Things are getting scheduled, which is good, and things are looking to get back on track at some point towards the end of the year. But with what's been happening with the global pandemic, it's just been heartbreaking to see so many people lose their lives, so many livelihoods get shut down, so many people have to sign on for unemployment, and it's truly been a heartbreaking thing to not only see, but to actually experience and be a part of. It's been affecting everybody, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you'll know someone who's been affected by it. And it's just a terrible thing, but with the power of music and creativity and community and friendship and family, I think we're going to be okay. We'll get through it eventually. This episode is really fun. I really enjoyed this. I've had to go and edit out the date from the pre-recorded uh, pre-roll that I've done because Crapfest 2 has changed from its original May date to August the 30th. And the lineup is the same except for uh, one of the bands has unfortunately had to drop out and been replaced. And it was uh, Mouses can no longer make it, which is unfortunate, but please go check them out. They are being replaced by the awesome Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies. We, I think from If Memory Saves, we do touch on Pete Bentham. He's been a pillar of the Liverpool punk scene for so long. I'm excited to get to do a show with him. We've met briefly. And this will be the first show we get to do. So August 30th is the new date for Crapfest 2. And with the same lineup except Mouses have been replaced by Pete Bentham. I urge you to check out both of those bands. And this is only the second episode of Into the Van. We've hit a bit of a stumbling block obviously with the pandemic. And a lot of my podcast interviews have had to be put on hold and pushed back to further of the year. But I'm so excited I got a little backlog that I can keep this ticking over with every two weeks. I hope that you've listened to the first episode with the mighty Sean James. I've had I've been overwhelmed by the reaction of it. I'm so happy that it's not only out there now, but it's been well received. People have messaged me and said how interesting and how much they enjoyed it, which, you know, I created this because I wanted to create it. It's the same thing with my music. I did it because I wanted to do it. And I always do things that I think I'd enjoy if I wasn't me, which is really a weird thing to say. But I always think would I enjoy this if I put it out into the world? If I didn't know who I was, or I kind of knew who I was, and I brought this out, would I be interested? And that's why I always think in terms of my music, it's like, would I listen to this? And with the podcast, it's like, would I, again, would I engage with this? Would it hit me on a creative level? And I've been blown away by all the comments. If you've enjoyed that episode or you enjoy this episode, please leave me reviews and all that good shit on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to because apparently it makes a difference. I've just been blown away by the fact people have listened to it and hit me up about it. This episode is brought to you again by myself, Mike West. The Next Life is open for pre-orders and I've been blown away again by the support and 
people putting their money up, especially at this time when nothing's certain. People have been trusting me and taking a chance on me and doing a pre-order for The Next Life, which is my first full-length record, and I'm absolutely blown away by the support so far. If you would like to pre-order it, you can go to mike333west.com forward slash store. That'll take you to my band camp, and then you can pre-order The Next Life there. We've got a ton of different bundles. As I record this new introduction on the Thursday, this is Saturday, so two days ago, I got the masters through from Deep Grooves, who are mastering and pressing the record itself i got the digital the cd and the vinyl masters and they sound fucking incredible i'm gonna put one up now for you to have a listen to don't do like i've done say a father to son and live this worldly view cold. Do what you can and love what you do. For it's a long and lonely road. It's a long and lonely road. It's a long and lonely road. And I really hope if you dig it, you're teased by it, you're interested in it, head over to my store and pre-order a copy because I'm so happy with how this record's turned out. I'm having it on white gatefold vinyl, CD, it's going to be on all the digital uh, platforms, but obviously if you want to support artists, go to their bank and pick up the physical merch because that's the best way to do it. And let's go on with it. This is the recording that I did first. It talks about Crap Fest the charity that it's um, in aid of, the bands that are on it. The only thing I've edited out is the date. Obviously, it's going to be August 30th, Sunday, August 30th, with Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies replacing Mouses. But the rest of the conversation, I really hope you enjoy. And let's go on with the show. This episode of Into the Van is sponsored by Crap Fest 2, the wonderful DIY punk rock celebration that's going to be taking place all day, it's going to be at Liverpool Phase 1. All money raises going to the Open Door Centre. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, we've got a little treat for you. If you enter the promo code that I'm going to give you at the end of this podcast, because I don't want to give it up straight away or you won't respect me. But if you use this promo code, you'll get your tickets for just £5. Such a bargain and leads us beautifully into who we're talking to today. Crap Sons are a punk rock duo hailing from the Wirral. Same place as me, so you know they're going to be good. They consist of Mike Markey on vocals and bass, and Andy Gilbert on vocals and drums. They're well known for their onstage energy. They cross over heavy, distorted punk riffs with comical, tongue-in-cheek lyrics, singing about everyday pressing topics, from deaths, sheds, and biscuits. These guys are so much fun to talk to. I've seen them perform live, and the energy that exudes off them, and you can just tell they're having fun. If you're seeing an artist live and you know they're enjoying it, you enjoy it more. And there's none better than Crapsons. There's so much fun to just be around and chat with, as you'll see in this podcast. With this podcast being so new and formative, there are teething problems. That teething problem is mainly me being a fucking moron. I got to where Mike and Andy were, got the laptop set up, 
hit the power button, laptop was dead. So Mike kindly invited us in. We had a chat, we had a cup of tea, we let the laptop charge. We headed straight into the van, got the podcast down. 50 minutes in, the laptop died again because again, I'm a fucking moron. So we went back, had another cup of tea, let the laptop charge, got another 15 minutes. And even with these teething problems, these guys are dead understanding. I know it's a bit of a stupid thing to do. It's like going to a gig without your guitar case or your guitar cables. What can I say? You live, you learn. But this chat's been so much fun to have and I'm really happy to share it with you guys. I hope you enjoy it. We go on everything from booking a tour, setting up your own festival, songwriting as a punk rocker, and everything else in between. It's such a great chat and I really hope you enjoy it. So enjoy Mike West and the Crap Sons. Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. Go! Hey, Northern. Shit's moving in the right side. So are you going to do a little bit first with you talking about it? I've got a bit of an intro geared up as like a prerequisite thing, so we can literally just start going whenever you ready for it so how are you guys doing yeah well, yeah really good man yeah thanks for having us mate brave Oops. and storm De- dennis i know yeah. brave and storm dennis <laughs> sorry for the delays about this i'm still finding the teeth and for this and it's for this it's the same level as you know when you first start doing a gig and then you realize you've got your guitar cable yeah and just <laughs> the really basic shit that you just Say, think oh, shit i forgot my guitar <laughs> yes yeah, like uh the amount of times i've like picked up the guitar case and i was like is there something in this oh, <laughs> and it's like you get to the door and like you're checking like whew. <laughs> But yeah, it's still, I'm doing teeth problems. I've got the new setup because the first mic I had was just, I only used that mic in the middle and it worked for one and then it didn't work for the next yeah. one. So I was like wondering what the issue was. So instead of worrying about it, I was just, I'll just get another mic and put some effort and energy into doing it. But um, yeah, so the crap sons. Is it Crapsons or the, the it's Crapsons? Crap, yeah, yeah, just Crapsons. No there's no, there. there's no there. which is which is a common mistake for a lot of people, especially when we see like the Crapsons on posters mm. that get made, and I've got to get in touch with people and say, "Can you remove the the, please?" <laughs> but we have been called worse, though, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Christ! We, um, crampons. Crampons was the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely the <laughs> definitely the best one. Crapstons. Yeah. <laughs> crap, oh yeah, the crap. Yeah. Um, crap twins. <laughs> we, we've asked by people. <laughs> And where does the name come from? Is it a track from another band or is it? Yeah, uh, Pulled Apart by Horses, mm. it is. So uh, they've got a song called The Crapsons. And then uh, we came, well, we actually, the band name came years before the band even started. We were like, oh, shit, it's got a band called The Crapsons. <laughs> and then we tweeted Pulled Apart by Horses, didn't we? And said, can we use it? And they actually got back to us and said, yeah, go for it. And <laughs> kind of encouraged us. And then uh, three years later, we decided to start it. Yeah, it took three years, really, but yeah. yeah. So. The first single's on Spotify is from 2018, so is that when you guys first started with it, or is it... The day we launched, we we brought out a single straight yeah. away. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Which was, you don't know when you're going to die. Mm. Which was um, the 11th or 12th of January yeah. 2018, I think, wasn't it? But pretty much more officially, it was the August, wasn't it? That's when we had our first practice, wasn't it? Or yeah, the like, August jam, before, August yeah. 2017. Oh, yeah. cool. And how do you guys feel you've progressed in that time? Because it seems like you, it's been a steady momentum and build for you guys which has been awesome to see in comparison to like the first few gigs that we did a lot more confident in mm. sort of like how to act on stage yeah um 
like the banter between us both just just flows automatically. I think the songs have, have become like uh, if you're comparing the set list to the first ever gig that we did, I think like like the songs are uh, the songs are a lot stronger. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, that's just come with with time and yeah. like just just being in a, in, a, in a band together, we know exactly what to do now compared to like oh we've just got these songs, yeah. let's, let's go and try them out. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, even like writing a set list as well. We've played like. There's some songs that we don't play as much anymore. That's not to say they've gone, mm. but some songs work better. Sometimes we get a, sometimes we get a feel for the gig itself in advance, don't we? And we think, oh, it'd be good to play this yeah. song at that gig. Yeah. And then uh, little things like that as well. And we've even learnt even about how to approach gigs, how to approach promoters, mm. uh, social media as well. Yeah. It's a massive thing as well. We've sort of, we've learnt a lot about that as well and what works, what and what doesn't work. Yeah. Because there's a huge learning curve for musicians. Because you think once you've written enough songs for like a half hour set list you're done but no, music's no, no, like 80% you, admin you and no one yeah, like teaches you that the amount of time you put into a song you're going to put triple and quadruple times into promoting the fucking thing and doing the social media and working with promoters and stuff so the songs is the easy yeah. like tip of the iceberg for what people don't really realise we played a 45 minute gig once um, at the point where we only had 45 minutes worth of songs and we played and, and, and the crowd wanted an encore and we were like shit yeah, yeah. what can we play <laughs> the first time we got the one more chance song and we were like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like we just didn't want to but we managed to squeeze in something that we that we left out didn't we that was very yeah, yeah. that was very like a song that we played earlier on but no one knew no yeah. yeah you always trick them with an uncle that you the first track where people were getting a pint and walking in through the door yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah 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 but um it's just weird to see how the punk scene in liverpool's kind of not skyrocket but there's a like there's a really good scene there at the moment and like what you guys think has been like a tribute to, to that really i think it's always been there mm. um i just think there's a lot more eyes on it now yeah yeah yeah, I think uh, basically everyone just needed to sort of find each other. Yeah. Really, uh, I think what Society Losers done is brilliant. I think what Neil Crud's doing is brilliant mm. as well. And I think it's just slowly come together. And I think it just needed uh, it just needed a few little things to happen just for everyone to to get together. Really. And yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great because obviously there's punk as a whole, but then you've got little branches of of, of different kinds of gigs that happen. Like you've mm. got Pete Bentham's things yeah. that go on in sound. Um, You've got the society of losers side of it. You've got like all all the things that go on in outpost. You've got mm. all the things that go on down by the docks in in um, <laughs> in, drop, in drop the dumbbells and, yeah. and, li- and little places like that. Um, like what I like is is the fact that you've got like a community of people. So you'll get like a band that the uh, a band that usually plays in outpost, a band that usually plays for Pete Bentham in, mm. in town. And some out of towners, and and you'll all get together for a special gig sometimes, and then the people will come down from different different parts of the punk, yeah. sort, sort of like the punk umbrella, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and everyone makes a big effort to talk to each other, get to know each other, add each other on social yeah. media, follow each other on social media, and expands in that way as well. Because we've got loads of gigs as well out of town, haven't we? Just simply by just getting to know people, and we've given people the opportunity to come to Liverpool. And yeah. And things like that as well, and we pass people on. They listen to these, get them on, and it doesn't expand, doesn't it? There's a lot of there's a lot of people who who don't play on on the punk scene who I've spoken to in the past, and they've said like, 
God, how do you how how do you manage to get all these gigs and how 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 do you, how do you manage to get the out of town gigs and say speak to people? Yeah, that that's honestly the best advice that I can give to yeah. anybody. That does seem. And don't just use you use, use your Facebook and send a message to someone say hi, mate. We're a band called Crapsons. We're from the Wirral and this is what we play because they get it. They must get it from bands. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. That's so the best thing. I think the best thing to do is just yeah. to actually go out, meet people, yeah. and go and shake someone's hand and say yeah. hi, mate. I think the punk scene is really good for that because everyone seems to wish their scene was doing what the punk scene's doing in mm. Liverpool and the Northwest, but no one's put the time in. And Neil, uh, Crudden, Pete Benson, they've been around for like years. Yeah. And they've put the time in. People aren't realizing this scene takes 15, 20 years yeah, of groundwork to go. So the rock and metal scene or the country scene is like, well, why don't we get them? Because you've been going three years. And yeah. you aren't networking in the same way. There'll be a metal festival up in Wrexham at the same time there's a metal festival in Liverpool and they're not talking to each other and it's, no. if they link force they could dominate the northwest and start a scene properly but it's just not there that networking and that camaraderie is not really there at the moment I think that's an issue with most genres and that's what's been cool to see the punk scene shining in all this gig swapping and festivals and just lineups yeah. it's yeah. just so diverse I think it's because as well like it doesn't really get the coverage it deserves as well mm. um a lot of public, a lot of publications don't seem to cover it as well, and I think that's what gears us on, or everyone within this little community to help each other yeah. as well, because it's not a case of like. Um, you can't be selfish. You do, you yeah. can't be selfish. It, like you've got to always think out um, and say, right. So we're playing. So for example, we're, we're playing a gig in in Preston this mm. this coming Friday, which which is which is probably in the past. Yeah. <laughs> this is long. We're already dead by the time yeah. this comes out. <laughs> by the time this comes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so we're playing in Preston on Friday, and we spoke to the promoter, and we kind of said, "Can we recommend a couple of bands that that could play alongside us?" And we managed to get to get um, mm. <laughs> Pete Bentham and the, and the Dinner Ladies and Mr. Ted, yeah, who were who were two bands that we've played with in in the past, and and, and we know them. So mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> um, rather than say. No, no. Can you sort it out? We're, yeah. th- we're thinking of other people to give an opportunity to, yeah. and and hopefully they'll do the same for us. Yeah, that's the best thing. I do the same with like I have a the Road Country page on Facebook, and it's me and a few different people from around the UK trying to push like traditional and rootsy dark yeah. acoustic stuff. And it's we're trying to put gigs on and recommend people for these slots. It's the best way to do it. And that's way. it seems. Did you make friends as well? You make friends, and then it's kind of there's the gatekeepers you think are holding these venues and these promoters hostage who are setting up all these gigs that you're never going to get to do in a million years well why don't you just do it yourself mm. and that's I think is the turning point for a lot of scenes is when they re- like the bands realise they can do it themselves yeah. they can work with the promoters instead of the promoters doing everything and they're just swept along for the ride yeah yeah, and that's what we've done as well we've kind of taken a lot of things on ourselves haven't we and we've uh, and that's pretty much what inspired Crapfest as well mm. um, which we'll get to which we'll get to yeah, yeah sure um, but, uh, and then we've got um because even like we went away and like did the island tour ourselves as well, didn't we? And obviously, we needed a helping hand. We needed someone to to spot us mm. in Liverpool to give us that opportunity to get it, get us an island. But then once we were sort of settled a little bit, oh, we want to go back to Ireland. So we decided to just go back to Ireland and yeah. put the gigs on. And we an literally just did the whole thing it. ourselves with us and yeah. Salt the Snail. Yeah, yeah. We worked together. We spoke to a few bands that we met over there the first time, and, and we just did it all ourselves. Yeah. We, we promoted the whole thing, and people came. Yeah, like to be able to go over to another country, and I'm sure, obviously. Yeah, with the Europe stuff that you've yeah, done as well. Like, yeah, it's once, because I did um, Liège in Belgium, I did five dates there through like a promoter and a booking company. Yeah. 
and with that once i got that little in once you get the, the, the next it year in, i was just yeah. like well I, I know these venues now myself i've got a personal contact with them yeah i'll just book it myself next yeah, time and yeah. then i just went from belgium into the netherlands and nice. germany and once you've got the in there you can just carry on but ireland's one place i've not played yet i'm really looking no, forward it's to awesome. it. it's a great Breaking place especially into. northern ireland mm. northern ireland's got such a good there's a community of people who just love music yeah, yeah and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what music yeah. it is they just yeah. love it yeah that seems to be outside of like mainland uk everywhere else seems to really be passionate about the music first yeah. it doesn't really matter what genre is as long as something's happening well it seems to be in the uk it has to, like i was saying this to him andy from the king's pistol yesterday it's like in england especially it's drink first music second and that's the reason they go out mm. well in like Europe, from my experience, it's music first, drink second, and the the priority is predominantly the music first. Yeah, yeah I think in uh, in Liverpool as well, we're a little bit spoiled because a lot, a lot happens in mm. Liverpool, doesn't it? Loads happens, so it feels like when you go somewhere a bit different, because not not as much happens. Yeah, they, they want to make the most of it. And yeah, want to come out. Uh, I found that in Wales as well because we've been fortunate enough to, to to play around a lot in Wales. Um, and feel that people just want to go to a gig. They just want to see live music. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing. Liverpool, there's mu- there's gigs on every day, which on one hand's great. Mm. You know, it's great that we've got. It's that. almost an oversaturation. Yeah, and there's a exactly. lot of genres. Obviously, going back to the punk question mm. earlier on, like, like there's a lot of different categories mm. in Liverpool. Like <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first thing that people think of um, for Liverpool. Straight away, it's the Beatles, mm. but then you've got a lot of sort of there's a lot of indie bands at them at, at the moment that yeah. have come out uh, of Liverpool over the last couple of years, and and that's what people sort of tend to go to. But I honestly do think that the punk scene at at the moment that's just going to evolve, mm. and there's going to be a lot of punk bands who who make it. The people will look at Liverpool and go, oh yeah, yeah, that's where that punk band came from. Yeah, definitely. I think even just seeing that because I know there's been a few bands who have messaged me because because I've made the mistake of putting a few gigs on people think i'm a promoter yeah and we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, we really do i mean obviously because we've got craft fest like there's a lot of people uh, uh, i'll go on facebook and i'll have a friend request and it's like i have no idea who yeah. this person is hello yeah. to everybody who uh who, who <laughs> likes to add me on facebook yeah. and, and ask to play gigs and it's like i'd love to help it i'd honestly love to help people out but but the one thing i say to them is by all means, I can I, I can keep you in mind for Craftfest. So, but we do it once a year, yeah. and it's eleven bands, and one of them's us. Yeah, yeah, I think that I get. Right. Yeah. The, the only thing we can do really is just pass them on to promoters and just mm. say, we'll pass them on to the people we know. Yeah, but like, yeah. that's the thing. Whenever yeah. I see a friend request and it's a dude holding an acoustic guitar, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, do all the time. Yeah, yeah, you see someone like playing the drums, or you're holding the guitar, and you're yeah. like. Oh. I like, just like we have to be friends. <laughs> just like the band on Facebook. And yeah. Don't, don't add my personal accounts. Yeah. But I've got so many people on there. I've, I've had to go through it as well, just yeah. to sort of just do a bit of a page. People were popping up on us, but like. So don't okay. add us on Facebook. Yeah, that's the message. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think <laughs> I think I've made the sin. <laughs> like when I was first starting out is you are just trying to get any gig you want so it's like you hit up the promotion page. The promoters made the mistake of linking their account to that one, so you're like, I'm gonna yeah. message him. Don't do it. And Facebook's a great like like we probably wouldn't be as successful if we didn't have Facebook. Mm. And a lot of bands and you, yeah, you'll probably say as well that that's where the most of your networking comes yeah. comes from. That's where all your advertising goes. That's where you get people to listen to your streams because you've got that mm. that platform on Facebook. But it can sometimes get 
too, too much. personal, yeah, if it's... you know what I mean. Especially when people are trying to add, add you on Facebook that yeah. you don't know. And, and I've got pictures of my wife and my kid on, on Facebook. And, and, and that's for me, it's not for you. It's, yeah. it's, it's for me to show the people that I'm friends with, yeah. not not a guy that came and saw us and said, which is which is great by all means. I'm not I'm not, I'm not stopping people from complimenting and coming to see us, but there's a there's, fine, yeah. There's, there's a, a division of there's a fine yeah, line. Sometimes. Yeah, there's a separation between personal life and yeah. what you actually want to do. Without a doubt, yeah. People blur that between thinking you putting a show on every once in a while is the same thing as you being a promoter. And which all, which also reminds me. So 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 on stage we're both very sort of we're both comical. We're both very loud. We're both in we're both in your face, but. A lot of people think that because we're like that on stage, that we're like that twenty four seven. And I'll always remember being in a pub once. I'm not too sure who it was, um, but um, they said they came up to us and said, "Oh God, are you two okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just having a conversation, chilling and having a pint." And because we weren't going, ah, "Let's go, everyone!" <laughs> <laughs> like they honestly thought that like, we were down and upset really? or, or, or angry with each other. Yeah, yeah. it was just like, like we're, just we're not always like that, you know. Yeah. Like, I remember speaking to someone on Island as well who was very surprised that we had like Monday to Friday jobs. We were both had we both had wives. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we just we're not allowed to be married yeah, yeah. or have a we, job. We just had like such a very normal life, and they were like asking these questions like, "Oh, our lives are just quite boring normally." <laughs> just yeah, we go to work. The image just, that yeah. people think you have because like the amount of time because I drive to like literally every gig, I'll just go up to the pub and my first question is normally, "Is your hot drinks machine on?" Yeah, just because I'm driving, I don't have the time to fucking drink a pint or a whiskey all the yeah. time. And the amount of shit I get for being like pre gig and just sat there with a cup of tea, right? Hey. My set list out. <laughs> My favorite drink of all time is a cup of tea. Yeah. I love a cup of tea. Yeah. He's like over any level of whiskey or any pint, I'll take a brew yeah. straight off the bat. But the dirty looks in the comments, yeah, if I'm sitting there just before I'm meant to go on. And sometimes I'll take it up with me because I've not finished it. <laughs> we, should, we should do that. <laughs> take a pack of biscuits and just have a table yeah, in the yeah. middle. We'll, 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 stop and have a, we'll have a break in our yeah. <laughs> Just get like a little pack of party rings next to like two travel mugs. Because people think we'll be doing the biscuit guy, but it's not it's just for us to eat, have a snack. <laughs> Sorted. By the time this podcast comes out, that will have already been done. <laughs> Without a doubt, I'll, I'll find something for Friday. We can just have a cup of tea halfway through. I think, like, with me, because it's acoustic and I kind of weave my way into different genres and gigs, I'm kind of a lot more malleable with what people think I'm going to be doing and stuff. Well, because you guys are punk and you're energetic and witty and fun on stage, they automatically expect you to be there. Offstage, which That's is right. really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Which we're not. Uh, 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 I mean, we are. Uh, uh, Everyone, so, like, our, when our you're songs in a... pretty much, like, us two, we just, like, we chat shit. We make up stupid songs anyway. Mm. We've just, we just kind of put it into a band now. Yeah. And that's all it is. But, like, generally, we just... We are we are ourselves, but I'd say we... But when we get on stage, we just pretty much, like, turn up to 11, yeah. as the expression is. That's There's another thing as well that I've noticed. So, like, we don't always speak to each other as much as we do when we're at a gig. Mm. So, so for example, if we're pl- if we're if we're playing in Liverpool, we're not going to be together beforehand. Like, I'll I'll go off and do something and, and speak to one of my mates, and you'll go off and speak to somebody else. And and people are like, oh god, what's up with them two? They fell out, and it's just, it's just like, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be st- I'm gonna be stood on stage with them in half an hour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like no. So, and when we, uh, we're when not we played, always in each other's pockets. And when we played in Sheffield as well, we both travelled up separately, didn't we? With our <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, did, yeah. we saw each other at the venue, like, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. And we were only like, yeah. sort of like half an hour sort of yeah, yeah. between each other, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. 
So with Crap Fest, do you want to go into that? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So is this the second Crap Fest? Yeah. Cool. So the, yeah. obviously the first one was last year. How did that form itself, and how did you get going with that festival? So I had the idea of the name Crap Fest um, for our. So when we brought out our EP in November 2018 um, for our EP launch I wanted to call it Craft Fest mm. but we joined forces with Mr. Ted who were bringing out their, their debut single at the time so we kind of thought it's not fair to call it Craft Fest so we'll kind of put that on the back burner and then I think was it last year we went to Smith Down Road we, we, oh yeah we, yeah yeah it was the Smith yeah, so we, we played, played the Smith Down Road yeah. so we played the Smith Down Road Festival um, on the Friday and then we went pretty much all day on the Saturday and then by the time that the festival was over we said wouldn't it be good to have our own sort of mm. like day uh, uh, and just run an all day yeah. which was when I said well actually I've had the idea of calling calling something crap fest and we literally it's went it's a no-brainer right, to yeah. call it crap fest yeah. let's do it nice. and what was the reception when you first went with like the first one last year like what was the public response to it a lot of people laugh at the name. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of what we that's, want. We, that's that's the good thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. We wanted to get a reaction, but yeah, had loads of brilliant feedback, didn't it? We announced the lineup right away, didn't we? With everything, so it got yeah. a, got a lot of attention. Mm. A lot of bands were sharing it as well. Um, it felt like when we announced that, like pretty much our social media exploded more than more than anything else, really. Mm. More than usual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, the idea was to basically just have a celebration of DIY yeah. punk music. Yeah, and, a cu- and a couple of sort of like the sub genres as well, yeah. Um, because we had bands like Habits who were sort of more hardcore, um, Pale Rider who were sort of more sort of like on the psychedelic mm. sort of side of it as well. Um, it was band, yeah, just bands, and we, and we just went for it. And, yeah. yeah, bands that we played with, bands that we wanted to play with, and not had the chance, and we said, "Sod it, yeah, let's do it." I think that's the best thing is because it's when I've. Happily, like I had my mate Josh Bettis up from Wales for a gig in December. And it was because I'd gigged with him once before. We always talk online and stuff, and we're friends, but we've not had the chance to like gig properly or hang out. Yeah, yeah. So it was like we'll just put a gig on because as musicians, you want to go to every show and you want to see all your mates' bands and support the scene. But obviously, with wife's kids, cats, and personals, you can't. You'd be out seven days a week for gigs. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, these type of gigs are the good fun reunions and hangouts that you don't really get for the rest of the year. Yeah. Because you'll always miss you. Like someone will announce a gig and you're like, I'm playing that night, or it's like that's the only night I'm free this week, yeah. so I need to get my head down <laughs> and sleep. It's good having like something else to um, to aim for with the band mm. as well. That it isn't just writing music and things like that. We've actually got. It's good having little projects yeah. within the band, and it's given us something different to do, something else to talk about within the band, something else to aim for, mm. something else to be excited about as well. Um, it's been quite, it's been quite nice to be on the promoter side of it as mm. well to sort of see like the hassle that the promoters can get because yeah. promoters are, are brilliant they really really are yeah. if it wasn't for the promoter then we wouldn't have been able to do all the gigs that we've yeah. that we've done if any musician ever gives promoters shit and hasn't put on a show themselves they exactly. need to shut the fuck I'm, up yeah. straight away like and Andy's done the Liverpool Call and Festival with with Christian Hudson from the Society of Losers and, and Salt the Snail um so. So you've had your foot in, in, in that door, haven't you? Yeah. In terms of the promotion. So you obviously knew what to do. Yeah. And so, uh, speaking to managers as well, getting to... Uh, mm. You have to prop a lot of shit as well, a lot of bands wanting things as well. Yeah. Um, so it's been... Uh, 
it's it's been a bit easier as well. Just sort of like you kind of know what to do about it as well. And I think one thing I will say as well about the reception, as you were saying before, is that the uh, the sense of a community mm. everyone's had with it. Because it's been so like DIY and independent, raising money for charity. I felt everyone mucked in. Yeah. to make it a success so as well. everyone loves an underdog everyone wants to support live music but they don't necessarily know how and when some part times yeah, and I think yeah. with these like all days and this it's literally you just lay it out for them it's like you just come to this you, like listen to the music buy the merch if you're there donate to the charity <laughs> you're supporting and yeah. just participate and that's the first yeah. step and I think you guys are really good in giving a platform to that or, like yeah, especially yeah. in like Liverpool and like Whirlway there's not really something like that around here like it, it's great because um, there's a few bands that you play with out of town and they say oh would you would you be able to try and get us a gig in Liverpool and and you can try and try and try but sometimes you can't do mm-hmm. it but this is is the perfect opportunity for us to say well I'll tell you what why, why don't we get these over and then, and then we've got them over in Liverpool and because then we've done what we said that we do mm. like because this year we've got a, a cut yeah, we've got a couple of bands. So we, we yeah, we've kind of organised a lineup, so it kind of goes like local, out of town, mm-hmm. local. So there's this it, the lineup probably is fifty, well, there's eleven bands, maybe probably just slightly more local, but it's, it is more mm. or less is very equal between cool. out of town bands, yeah. giving out of town bands an opportunity to play in Liverpool, as well as obviously like the local bands that yeah, you need as well. Mm-hmm. So Crabfest two, advanced early bird tickets are already sold out, Co- with, completely yeah. sold out, with yeah. no lineup announced, which is an incredible. Fifi guys, you must be thrilled. Did you do that? Was that last year as well, or is nope. this? No, so this we, is the. No, we just we, we wanted to see. We pretty much we had a, we didn't know if it would sell out or not, but we pretty much wanted to see what would happen if if we didn't announce mm. the lineup, just to see if like people like the event for what it is, and people can t- trust the lineup as well. Um, so for it to sell out as well, just yeah. just brilliant. It just goes to show like people do just want yeah. to just come to come to a gig and support live music as well and then hopefully it'll obviously be even better anyway once the lineup's yeah. out and people can see what they want to see as amazing well. so Crabfest 2 what is the date for it it is the 24th of May yeah so it's the Sunday just on the bank holiday weekend and the lineup. I'm act- I'm acting like I don't know the date <laughs> or, or who's on the lineup. So we'll, go through, so we'll go through the lineup. I've just got it through on my phone so so we're we're playing obviously mm-hmm. um, so we've got a band called Mouses who are from uh, Stockton, just near Middlesbrough. Yeah, um, there were there were two pieces that we played with one of our first ever gigs, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, um, they're brilliant. Mm, yeah. They really are, like, really are incredible. In yeah. fact, they're probably my favourite band on the on the lineup as well. Yeah, they're like a lo-fi garage punk band, aren't they? Mm. But they've been uh, they've been doing so well for themselves. They do it. They do a lot of things off their own back as well, and they've managed to play. They are, they, they actually do a festival called Mousetable. Yeah. Um. We, which again was kind of like an an influence to mm. start Craftfest the first year because we wanted to sort of have have Craftfest but be able to take Craftfest yeah. to somewhere else sort of have like a Craftfest stage on on in London a Craftfest stage mm. so 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 that was yeah that was an influence as yeah. well uh, so so we got so we got Mouses um, the only the only band apart from ourselves that played last year. Um, that are playing this year is Salt Snail mm. who are our best mates yeah. really really yeah, we played up loads of places with them they came to Ireland with us as well mm. uh, been, oh, the list goes on really for how many gigs we play with them it'll be hard to sort of just name them all but yeah we always have great fun with them mm. they're a great band yeah, um, yeah uh, the next one there uh, Crash Mats uh, um, we play uh, well we know Danny got us on at uh, his all day well it's a two day event isn't it called the Flare Witch Project so a wrestling theme punk event 
perfect for us. Um, so we played at that, yeah. And then we managed to play with them in uh, Pete Bentham's Rock and Roll mm. Festival. He did as well. Oh, so we that was in the September, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So and uh, they're, they're great as well. We yeah. actually we actually knew Crash Mats before before we started the band because they've got a song called Royal Rumble. Obviously, yeah. the, pair of, the pair of us are massive wrestling nerds, and um, and I came across that song, uh, and we were laughing about it together. We're like, oh, this is this is a brilliant song. This and, and obviously we started a band. Uh, Danny asked us to play it. His thing. And we're like, hang on, are you Danny from from Crash Master? Like, oh, well, yeah, so no way. We, yeah, managed to. Uh, which is quite strange. Yeah. Yeah, so we managed to uh, p- finally play with them, and we've asked them to come back. So they were yeah. cool. Um, Jen and the Degenerates mm. are, are going to be playing as well. They're, they're making waves for themselves. They're doing really good. Really, really all over the place. We played with them in, in Preston in November. Yeah. November. And they were, they were class. Yeah. Really, really good. They're, they're, they're definitely going to make it. Mm. They really are. Um, they would have struggled to get because. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and we were like, come on. We really, really want you to play. We really, really want you to. We really want you. We got there in the end, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we were made up when they said yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, the next one's Enamel Animal, which are probably the only band on the lineup who we haven't played with before, because we have a bit of a policy that we've played with them, but uh, Phil's and Mr. Ted, there's, there's a link there anyway, mm. so it's good enough for us. Yes. Uh, Phil's and Mr. Ted, and yeah. John... Or was and Mr. Ted. Yeah, yeah, and John the guitarist is... Um, he does the sound for us, doesn't he? He's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He, uh, not he the sound, records are, uh, pretty much. Yeah, he runs Crossed Our yeah. Studios mm. in, in yeah. Liverpool. Oh, yeah. cool. and, he, and he's recorded every single every single crops and stuff. Yeah. So the link was good so enough to get them, so and they're a great band as well. Great cool. Yeah. That, so yeah. Springfield Elementary um, from from Manchester. They're they're one of your favourites. Yeah, they're one of one of their favourite bands we've played. But I loved what I loved about them is that we played a gig in uh, the castle. What was the castle, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah the castle in uh, Manchester, and uh, they were they were headliners for the night, and I just thought artistically they were great as well. Uh, Nice lads but, as yeah, well, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, it's more like the strip mill's a bit more like acid punk, which mm. I quite like. Quite cool. like that term. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more funky, <laughs> um, but I loved how like um, they had like the crowd and the palm around mm. as well. Everyone was going mental for them. It was just like there was just this vibe at the end of the night that everyone was up for it when yeah. they were playing, and they just went on there, just played their stuff, and everyone was just everyone was pretty much. And we played with them again in Chester. Yeah, like and, a, um, a couple of months later. Yeah, so cool. we have to get them back. Really on, but yeah, good band. Their yeah. personal favourite, really, mm. yeah. and, and a, a great name too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Problem patterns. Um, they're they're coming from Northern Ireland. We played with them in in Belfast, nice. and they were awesome. Mm. Really were, really yeah. were. They're doing really well. They've just released a uh, a new song and a new video to go with it as well, and they they seem to be getting on loads of gigs as well. So we're, which yeah. again takes us back to the story of we wanted to bring people over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 They've been playing all over Ireland, and I think uh, they just wanted that chance to get over. Mm. Uh, to England really nice. or certainly like yeah. the the rest of the UK so uh, we've managed to sort them out and get got them another gig while they're over oh, here oh cool well. so are they going to turn that into a bit of a tour as well in a few yeah, yeah, few yeah, weeks? yeah. So they're playing in Chester Cathedral on the Friday yeah. as well which nice. is good so I'm trying to I'm helping them out trying to get a few more gigs for them if we can put a bit more of a tour together but either way there'll don't, be a crap fest anyway you don't say that people are going to message you and it's like can you see good away I'll bleep all that bit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a disclaimer. <laughs> we are not promoters. <laughs> um, Kin, who were signed to Society Losers mm. as, well, as well as us, um, the three-piece, like, raw, raw energy, really punky, really sort of like, yeah, just nice lads as well. Yeah. Uh, they, always, they always come to our gigs as well. Yeah, they're always in the front row. They're always 
screaming and singing our songs and oh, good. they're just the nicest the nicest lads in the world yeah. and that was a no-brainer yeah. to book yeah. them that goes back to like the community as well mm. everyone helping each other out helping each other out getting gigs is one thing but even just being there yeah that's screaming your lyrics back to yeah, you that is the important way. thing i think it's you can do as many gigs together but that's when you actually see someone in the crowd they like oh they actually like they actually know to the come. words for my songs yeah yeah, yeah, and then yeah they, it's they such know, a good feeling yeah. they buy your merch as well yeah and they even even when you do like a post, they share it for you and go yeah. these. It's just yeah. it's like that like le- that level of support's invaluable, really. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Ales who are from from the Leicester region, mm. they're a t- they're a two piece. Very very like slaves. Very mm. sort of like dark and gritty punk. Um, I saw them in the Salty Dog. Oh yeah. Um, because I went to watch. Mr. Ted and Salt the Snail, and they they supported, um, and then we played again with them in, in Chester. Chester. Yeah, they had a bit of a nightmare getting there, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, on the coach, the uh, did the coach break down? Did it? And they arrived pretty much just in time <coughs> for the set. So we have off. They got the National Express, and they were due on stage, and like, like they turned up. It, it was like two minutes before Jesus. the set, and they literally walked through because we played in in a church as well, and they mm. walked through, and he had his guitar. Uh, uh, the guitar was already out of the case and he had his amp in one hand and they literally just walked on stage he plugged in at literally within three minutes he was like hello where else and just started playing and they just played and, yeah. and they just ran through a, a whole half an hour set of just like yeah. really cool punk songs yeah. and, they, uh, and they went to the wrong church as well oh yeah <laughs> they did <laughs> <laughs> went to the wrong church which, uh, yeah. <laughs> he might not have mentioned that to many people but yeah <laughs> and, and then uh, opening up is your good self? It is. <laughs> so yeah, that is me being coy and being like, "What's the date? What's what's the yeah, lineup yeah. for this <laughs> crap <laughs> fest? <laughs> yeah, what's this crap fest you speak of? Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be here playing it. Obviously, like I, I'm a fan of your guys' music. I was listening to it on the drive over. I play it through the speakers. Like, what I like about your music is because we've gone like we just found out we went to the same primary school as well. We've got like the same, not background, but we've grown up in the same areas, and it's I get your sense of humor and I get yeah, the yeah. vibe and I get the feeling that you're trying to pull out through the music and it's just so relatable it's a bit like um, when, when idols bring out something you're like are we speaking about Dacre Hill it's like you can picture this town and like the, the king of the council estate yeah. you get where you're talking from and you get what you're talking about and you get the references, the references and the yeah. Yeah. humor it. to it but it's people think like I'll be like oh he's singing about Dacre Hill because I know you guys are from around here, so it's like you're singing about this local area, but it's so applicable to every single small town. The more you tour and the more you visit, you realise every small town's the same. Especially like the working class. Yeah. That's what it is. But a punk yeah. band who sing about working class issues. Yeah. yeah. If you want it to be really. like Yeah, like you said, I think the key words are like relatable mm. and topical as well. You yeah. wanna just talk about we rant we'll sing rant about like what's going on in the news as mm. well as like everyday little things that just annoy us, which is pretty much I'd probably say 99% of our songs, if not all of them, is just something that's just like we've gone. We should write a song about that. Yeah. Just, even if it's just like a daft little thing, whether it be something like a news-related article or just something that we've just seen mm. on a day-to-day basis that people can relate to. We just song titles song. come to our heads more, more so. I think as well. We'll mm. say, oh yeah, we should write a song called this. We should write a song called that, and 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 then we all. Yeah. So do you, it becomes. Is that yeah. like? Do you think your main songwriting process is title first? Just to like, if you get a chuckle out of it, it's like, oh, that's an interesting concept, and then you write the song from there. Um, 
it probably varies, I'd say. Yeah, yeah it does. So, like, so for Who'll Baby Said the Goths, which is a fucking brilliant title, <laughs> what was the process for that song? That was title first. No, yeah, in fact, yeah, well, because that was the, I think that was one of the ideas I had for the EP title. Mm. And then we went with Deaths and Spell and Mistakes. And then I was saying to you, like, oh, there's something there with Who'll Baby Said the Goths. We can't just let that go. <laughs> and then, uh, that was actually the second, yeah, the second one. Yeah, it was like number two that yeah. we went with Deaths and Spell and Mistakes. So we left that to, well, we're because not we literally just had a big list. We came up with like a a, a, a list of about twenty or or thirty song titles mm. that we could use as an EP name. Yeah, uh, and, and we came up with deaths and spelling mistakes in the end. Um, but in terms of who babysit the goths, so we had the idea of of the song title, mm. and then we and then we came up with the chorus. Yeah, and then verses, which is your stereotypical crapsons. Crops and song of just having a rant about things yeah. that yeah that go on just relating to like different subcultures as well. Yeah, people who put it... quotes up on uh, yeah. uh, on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know people why, who... but whenever someone references Instagram or something in a song, it makes me like happy because yeah. there's so many songs. Obviously, like Pete, like from like the sixties onwards, that's when like popular music's really been about, and it's only been in the last five or six years that people have been talking about current things. And linking it to current events, obviously it'll get outdated at some point when Instagram becomes something else by Facebook and amalgamated into whatever. But for this time and space, it's on the pulse and it's showing what's happening now. What's which I happening think now? A lot of yeah, songs because don't. that song could be. But, but, uh, in fact, the song's already out of date now because yeah, because we because slant. we had a line, a line about Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's thing. That's the thing as well is that um, we quite like writing about topical stuff, yeah. even if they're like that news item or that thing where talking about is eventually gone yeah you can still sort of look back and go like oh remember when that happened it's yeah, kind of yeah. like an encyclopedia yeah of, yeah, yeah. But um, I th- oh, do you remember that, all that brexit stuff yeah. that but i think that's the good thing about that song is when so you can stick your brexit that's going to be until brexit finally fucking happens <laughs> and like goes through and even then people are still going to be resentful and angry about it like i am so yeah. it's you can still be like well you can fucking stick it up your ass still yeah. like I'll be a bitter old man and if someone brings it up like in favour of it yeah. I'll be like you can go fuck yourself still yeah. like it's still gonna have yeah. that <laughs> just play them who'll babysit the guns yeah cause it's still like it's even if you listen to Dead Kennedy's stuff they're singing about Reagan and all that type of things but it's still you can still transfer it to how you feel about any administration now and I think that's the good thing with your yeah, stuff as well yeah yeah there's a lot of sort of Especially like the eighties punk scene as well. Mm. Like, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of topics there that a lot of people don't speak about anymore. Yeah. Obviously, obviously because like, uh, there's a lot of things about Thatcher, which has been dead for years. Yeah. But, but people will still sing about it because yeah. it's the eighties. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, not going to be so. forgotten about, is it? It's just no. it's always going to be there. It's, it's like history at the end of that, isn't it? Yeah. It's just it's always going to be there. So you can always sort of go back and reference it as well. And I suppose that's another challenge as well when it comes to our songwriting is that we're going to have to find something new to uh, rant about newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to look. I'd like to look back in fifty years' time and think that our our catalogue of music is a history lesson. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing because like with like my stuff, obviously it's not like punk in its like its purest sense. But I always because I've grown up listening to Dead Kennedys, UK Subs, all that type of stuff. I still want to try and put that across. Yeah, in some things. So there's like nuke song which is a lot more like political and talk about stuff like that. And like, I'd like that to be a historical song one day with like, if nuclear disarmament finally goes ahead and stuff, I'll be like, oh, well, I can sing this and be like, this is what it was like. Yeah. And it's, you kind of want to include those topical things and punk is one of those things I always try and take away because there's not many people talking about current things over acoustic songs and in those type of genres. So it's like, if I can take that punk ethos 
of like being current and talking about things that are directly affecting me that's not just universal working man blues stuff and put it into like one of those type of songs i feel i'm giving my own little punk edge to yeah. everything because punk isn't just about like how it sounds as well yeah. it's, it's what you're you're singing about it's what like it's what you sort of representing yeah. as well at the same time and it's not it's not just a music a music sound really sound. It? yeah it's, it's like it's, yeah. it's a it's a state it's of mind a, it's a state of mind it's yeah, a way yeah. of living yeah yeah that's like the really interesting thing so craft fest i've got the lucky job of opening the show which i'm yeah which is which super is, excited which, about which is always a daunting thing but last year it yeah the whole place was rammed by the time yeah and the doors opened there was a queue outside yeah of people so so yeah i'm looking forward to it because we did that gig up in rill which is which is how we we kind of like met really wasn't yeah because i was aware of you guys before that because obviously i've been listening to your tracks and if there's a band blowing up from Birkenhead Rock Ferry like where you're like oh shit so you become aware of things so I was aware of you guys and then it wasn't until you walked in and was like actually I fucking know these people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like didn't they go to Rocky High and yeah, that- because I came I, because I came over to you and introduced myself because I knew that you were from the Wirral but I didn't know where about you were from mm. um, so I, I went over and spoke to you and you said <laughs> did you go to Rocky High and I was like yeah He's like, so did I. And I was like, bloody hell, we're in the middle of Rill. <laughs> in the middle of Rill, we probably passed each other on the A55. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, world people get about as well, which is uh, always weird. It was weird to see you guys walking and go, oh, there. Because I'd seen pictures of you, but it wasn't like, you don't translate it properly. Well, when you said to me, I went to Rocky Eye, and I looked at you, and I was like, I don't, I don't recognise you, I don't recognise you. But when we added each other on Facebook... I actually looked back at your photos yeah. from, from years ago and when you were clean shaven yeah. and, and a lot younger. I was like, I do recognise you now. Yeah. Like, yeah, the long hair and the beard yeah. masks like, <laughs> when, really, really when I was 15. It really, really did. Yeah. Although I had, um, obviously, you went to Rockford Primary. Do you remember Mrs. McCann, the receptionist yeah, at Rockford Primary? Yeah. I ran into her once in my old job when I was like 20 and she came up to me and she was like, oh, you're... Michael was like, yeah, and she was like, you haven't changed. I was like, bitch. I'm, I'm, long hair I'm six foot two like, with a beard and long hair you haven't seen me since primary school and you said I haven't changed I didn't have a beard in primary school I, show you that. I, was like, I wasn't six foot two yeah I'm looking down on you like oh my god that's hilarious yeah but it was so when like with the real gig it was like I've played punk gigs and it's always been an interesting one but I always know how kind of accepting and open the punk crowd is i'm always more interested in playing a punk or a rock or a metal gig than a country or blues gig. yeah like the folk and country scene is super like quite close-minded sometimes mm-hmm. and very narrow yeah. while there's always punk people come with me and they'll take something away from it yeah that was a good night that one actually mm. yeah, we, yeah. Um, that was one of mark watson jones's gigs yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we play um, we played in indie bands before and it is a case of you bring your own little crowd you bring your mates they watch mm. you they go home and they go as soon yeah, as you finish as soon as you finish whereas what I love about this is that there's no pressure to sort of bring people like, well of course we'll always promote it we'll always try and get mm. people down but it feels like we don't really need to worry about that because no. we know we can do a gig there'll be people there and the people who are there are going to be there for mm. the night like it's good as well I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to slag off the indie the indie crowds or the indie promoters or anything but beyond our beds the you tend to find that a lot, a lot of them, them promoters, like you've got to bring thirty people. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, there's all that. Yeah, yeah. 
when we started Craftsman's, we said we are not waiting for promoters like that. No. And the minute we do, we just we wouldn't. We wouldn't do the game. Yeah, no, that's no, no. that's the good thing. And I think you're if you're at the same level where it's like we've both been like DIY, we self built. If we turn down a gig, it's not the end of the world. And if you turn it down yeah. for like the reasons you believe in, then it's like that's the main thing, and you get to stand by your gun. So if someone comes and says you have to sell thirty tickets and like the dreaded pay to play raises its head you can be like well yeah. no I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing I'm not it not up for that at all yeah. I've done it in the past yeah yeah I really have I did, I did an acoustic show um, many years back um, in in the in the academy mm. and I got 55 people which which yeah, is really good head. for a solo yeah. thing and but the work I had to put into it yeah um, like to go and drop off tickets for people and Message people all the time, say, "Would you be able to buy this ticket? Would you be able to buy this ticket? Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to play." And then after I did the gig, I was just like, "I, I can't be hard. Yeah. I can't be asked with that. that I, really, I don't. I don't want to do that." Yeah, the experience itself's not worth yeah. it. No. And it's and even like the gig itself as well. You're not really going to gain much from the gig no. because you're not. Really if you're gonna... bringing eighty percent of the crowd, yeah. you aren't like you aren't going to win over exactly mm. like you want, anyone. You want each get you want you want to like look at a gig and be able to benefit from mm. it and know that there's going to be. Some old faces there, of course, uh, but then you want some like new faces as well. You want to, you want to, you want each gig you do to be like a step in the right yeah. direction. So if you're doing gigs where you've got to sell to your mates, then yeah. you, it's just, you may as well just, just come around to me or some other. Yeah, that's the thing. And I talk about that because with being like solo acoustic for the most part, you get offered pub gigs. Yeah, and it's the worst feeling in the world. So I always now think if I accept a gig, I always think or base it on the drive home. So if I drive home wanting to fucking kill myself after it and just crash into the motorway, I'm not going <laughs> to do the gig. Because I can already predict it's like, okay, it's at this pub. They want me to do an hour and a half. It's going to be Wednesday. They're yeah, asking for covers yeah. already. They're Ugh. asking for upbeat. Yeah. And it's I know that's not what I do. That's not yeah. what it's going to be. And the people who go and are going to be sat there, they're going to be fucking disappointed too mm-hmm. and they're definitely going to be requesting Ed Sheeran throughout the fucking night yeah. so I'm just not going to do the gig so I halved the gigs last year I did from the year before but I was so much happier throughout well, yeah. the year and that's one thing we, we, we gigged a lot last year and even though it, it was amazing it did wipe us out a bit though yeah it did and yeah. There, was, there was times we were like driving home and we're not going to name any gigs in particular but there were times we were driving home and we kind of went we didn't need to do that did yeah we? We yeah and it's, because I think because 2018 was our first sort of like year as a band yeah you just want to hit the ground running when it reached 2019 we wanted to do more gigs mm. than the year before yeah. and, and and there was a lot that we were just like we would accept them just for the hell of it and yeah. we didn't need to yeah it was quantity over quality it really really was and and there was a lot of times that we were driving in when we go there was just no point in doing tonight yeah there yeah. really wasn't and I think the minute you start I always, that, is, is we minute always you... have a good laugh on stage mm. and there's never been a gig where I've you always take something away from it but always, you feel always. like and, it, and, it, and it, the whole thing is a learning curve as well because because without the bad gigs you won't have the good gigs yeah and but you need to be because we've been the third year now we can we can sort of be a bit picky and choosy with gigs as well because the last yeah. thing we want to do is like stop yeah. enjoying doing it as yeah. well we don't want it to feel like a chore a bit of a stress of this gig tonight because you still want to pay your dues but you don't want to be doing that gig that just makes it feel desolate yeah and it's like because i've even when i was doing a tour in 2018 we were sat around a table and it was like genuinely thinking should we just pack this in and it's those gigs that like you have to weather and you have to do to kind of know you really want to you'll do always, it you'll always get that down moment yeah. you'll always get it no matter what you do 
even like a, a, a nine to five job, yeah. you'll always sit there and go, why am I doing this? Yeah. But it's why reducing the oh. odds of that happening regularly is the thing that I try and do now. Yeah. So it's like, is this gig not even going to, I always enjoy playing, but am I going to enjoy this gig in an overarching sense? Yeah. And that's the thing I've been getting away from. And we yeah. always enjoy gigs. We yeah. always, we always have a good laugh on stage and, yeah, but there's always them ones that yeah. you just think there was no point in yeah. it. I think mm. um, I think another thing we're doing this year as well is at the minute we sort of don't really get the, the vibe of a gig, we just don't do it. Mm. Whereas last year we might have gone, well, what do you reckon, what do you reckon? And then we kind of we'll like talk. Come an hour over it. We'll kind of talk each other around a little bit and then go, go on, we'll do it. Whereas we'll have, we've had gig offers this year, we've kind of gone, well, what do you yeah. reckon? And the minute both of us kind mm. of, uh, well, well, there's our answer, let's just not do yeah. it. Yeah. There was there was one gig that we did last year, and I can probably talk about it because the guy is not going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> we played in Birmingham. <laughs> oh, right. So so the poster came through for the gig that the guy had obviously made on Microsoft Word. <laughs> with a bit of Word art, yeah. With a bit of Word art, your, your classic nineteen ninety seven Word art that, that we that me and you probably used to yeah. use in primary school. Mate. <laughs> uh, and it came through, and it's like the Crapsons. That was your first mistake. <laughs> he used a picture of me um, when I played on stage with Salt the Snail. So, so it was me singing without a bass. <laughs> so, so I was like, so, so that was his. That was the second mistake. Uh, right underneath Crapsons, in inverted commas, one crap band. <laughs> right underneath it, I was like, Jesus Christ, and. The lineup changed that many times, and he changed his poster every time, mm. and he'd use a different picture every time. And it was like, which poster am I meant to use? Yeah. So I'm, get, I'm getting in touch with him, saying, "Mate, what's going on with this lineup?" And he's like, "Would you be able to get a band for me?" And I'm like, "I'm not from Birmingham. We live in Birkenhead, which is at least 150 miles away." Or, or yeah, you give or choose. Or. I was like, "I don't know any bands in Birmingham. We're we're doing this." so we can get a foot in the door and be able to come back to Birmingham another time, maybe meet a couple mm. of bands and bring them back. And he just, he just, the guy didn't have a clue. And that was a gig that we should have cancelled. Mm. But you were like, well, we've never played in Birmingham before, so let's yeah. just go and do it. So, um, I don't know. I, I love that gig. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> you never drove. the diplomat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you drove, didn't you? And I just got smashed. <laughs> we brought our mate with us, who's a big, who's a big drinker. Mm. Um, and me, me and him just got smashed beforehand. Um, we actually had a good laugh, didn't we? Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is like the worse a gig gets, and the situation around it gets, the more fun you can just have with it. If you which just I think that, lean yeah. back and let go of like the roller coaster and just let well, your that, hands up. Which I think yeah. that. We showed that on stage as well because we let everyone decide the the lineup, not the lineup, the uh, the set the list. The set list. Basically. We kind of just had a list and we just said, However, you, "You pick a number." You pick a number. Typically, though, we've got um, some songs that we like to do that are like thirty-second mm. songs that we can't. Uh, we normally throw one, maybe two in each set. So we add them. I've said, "Pick the list," and someone picked a quick song, and then the next one was a quick song, and then it's like, "Bloody hell, pick a proper song, will you?" So we have to be like so three, that kind like of fell on our ass. Yeah. It was, it, it was a it very, very it, different gig. It made it a laugh, though. Yeah, yeah, we had a good laugh there, but again, that was a gig that we probably could. Yeah, yeah we could have easily, we could have easily turned to each other and said, "There's no point in doing this." Yeah. But we did go and have a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, cool. But I'll we'd, s- now, we'd never do a gig for them again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but, but yeah, then you can promote us if you're listening. We would like to come back. Yeah, <laughs> yes, please. Just do do your poster on publisher or better. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't write one crap band and we're sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. Yeah. Well, from those gigs, you've played with Half Man, Half Biscuit, and you're playing with them again this year, aren't you? Yeah, so, yeah, played in the Lead Mill in Sheffield last October, and then we've got... Um, Which is a big venue. Have you yeah. ever, ever been? No. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah. It really is. It's about it's, it's about the size of Montford Hall. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite like a wide venue, isn't it? It's it was, like, wide, it was yeah, more wider like than, than far back. Yeah, because that's the interesting thing, because it's like half man off biscuit from around here, you guys from around here, and then you went and did a gig that wasn't around here, which is an yeah. interesting, but it's a good thing to do, I think. Yeah, they yeah. kind of took us on board and said, like, yeah, we'll give you the platform to come and play in front of a big crowd, mm. but we'll do it away from the usual yeah. crowd that you play for. Yeah. yeah. How did all that come about? Like, getting appro- did they approach you about that? So, yeah. Well, we, we, we were quite fortunate to know Nigel mm. personally as well. Um, so when we started, I kind of... I didn't want to go nagging to get no. the support slot, but I kind of like dropped a few hints. But, um, but he's been to see us a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, he's been to see us. And yeah. I think he wanted us to sort of get a bit, little bit more established. That's certainly maybe the impression I got. Um, but yeah, no, he... Um, he um, mentioned a few dates really and we thought maybe Sheffield might be the best and he, mm. he managed to get a sorted for us I think he I think he wanted us to play in the in a place like this. and it is here where the laptop died such a fucking rookie mistake but as you've listened so far already here is the promo code that you can enter to get tickets for five pound each if you go to the crapfest 2 event page which I'll be posting a link to and you go onto the skiddle link from there it's at the bottom of the tickets there's a apply promo code if you click that and then enter the promo code crapmates all one word crapmates c r a p m a t e s crapmates you will get your tickets to this brilliant event for just 5 pound enjoy the rest of the podcast guys um we're going from the exact same point so the half man half biscuit support slot before we were rudely interrupted by my own failings as a person <laughs> <laughs> we were meant to pretend that we haven't been back inside the house had a cup of tea and then come yeah. back in <laughs> it's all teething problems so from the half man half biscuit stuff so you've like seen nigel he's come to your shows and things is that what's catalyst the next few gigs yeah he's just been he's just been very supportive as me he's offered lots of advice uh artistically uh pretty much how you to promote yourselves and go about it so he's been a, he has been a great great help mm. um but yeah i think um i think he just wanted to give us that chance get us get, uh, get, get ourselves a bit established yeah. as, as well and uh yeah and he just went in there uh, went and just sorted out the, the sheffield gig for us didn't he and yeah. uh, kindly asked us to to go back yeah that's so good i think everyone wants those support slots with like those bigger established names but it's always hard to get when that kind of comes through it's such like a good stepping stone for bands because i know the first thing i did like really i did a few little gigs around here and then i went on tour with sean james like this american guy i've been a huge fan of did four dates with him and that was kind of like getting your foot in your door and it gives you more like a legitimate that like, experience of yeah. doing it as well and like. it kind of gives people like look at you as a more legitimate outfit then instead of just being like playing the local shows and things once you've kind of not linked to that act because obviously they don't really have anything that, like power over what you do but it just gives you that little boost i think to put you in front of people yeah it's quite a daunting thing as well to play in front of a to play in front of a big crowd mm. like that that they don't know anything about you. yeah there was just there was a select few people that sort of obviously yeah they researched 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> the support band and everything, and and they'd listen to us because we saw a couple of comments online mm. and things like that. But obviously, there was at least probably ninety nine percent of the yeah. venue never heard us before, mm. didn't know what to expect, and we've and we've got a yeah yeah we've got half an hour to sell ourselves, yeah. and, we, and we've got to put ourselves over as well. Yeah, as much as we can. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, it was a good challenge but, for mm. us as well, because that's because uh, we were saying even before before it as well. Probably our first, maybe first two gigs, we were nervous for, mm. and it was that was the first time we'd been nervous really for a gig yeah. since then. And you could tell, looking at both of us, we yeah. were, we, were, we were shitting ourselves, which I think it was good. I think we needed to do something yeah. like that. I think like when the stakes are up that much, and you know there's gonna be like a new audience and there's a new opportunity there you do get those because it's people always get nervous going on stage because it's just a public performance that's the yeah. same yeah. things but you kind of that's then your baseline for everything so then yeah. when you spike you're like oh shit this yeah. is like a thing because I did that um, gig with Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters and um, it was sold out before I even got announced and I got announced a week before it so wow. I didn't have to do any promotion or anything. That's I was like, incredible. Yeah, yeah but it was I got the email and they didn't even say you've got the gig because I emailed them asking I didn't even get an email back saying you're on the list. It was literally a week before the show. I got sent an email that didn't even say my name. It was a spreadsheet with my loading times. Wow. And I was like... <laughs> it looks like I'm playing this. Yeah, game. I was like, did I get this fucking gig? And I was like, <laughs> sat at my desk like, shit. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, the Night and Day Cafe. In oh, Manchester. nice. Yeah, we played there yeah. in, a, in, a, in a previous band. Yeah, there. but that's like a 250 cap and it was like sold out. And I was like, fuck. Good that was, well, yeah. yeah, it was really good, man. Yeah. But my guitar cut out during a song. The sound engineers, they say it wasn't their fault, but the other guitar cut out as well. So my two guitars can't, can't cut die out, out yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time. So I'm going into this song and the guitar completely cuts out. But the good thing with me, because I'm acoustic, I just bend the mic, leaned over the barrier and just fucking like screamed and played my heart out. But I think awesome. that fuck up was what then brought everyone over to my side because then that was like what everyone came up after the show to talk to me about cool yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. with that I've kind of with the nerves spiking for gigs and things like I've done these Amiga the Devil runs it's like when I've been nervous about those I just think about I did this fucking sold out show didn't like completely shit myself over that and then the guitar fucking cut out as well so it's that spike of nearly panic attacking there's always, there's always hurdles and you've got to be yeah. ready to, to hop over them because we yeah. uh, Nigel, Nigel even said to us in advance he sort of like pre-warned us and said don't be surprised if the crowd don't really interact because a lot of our songs mm. are crowd interaction yeah. don't be surprised if no one joins in with certain mm. bits and things like that you know yeah, didn't get... he say like don't be surprised if somebody just shouts fuck off yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he said, like, like, because they're not there to see you yeah. so yeah. said so, like um so that, 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 that it didn't really help the nerves but again it was a part of the challenge so mm. when it, but it gives you something to prove then yeah. to be like i'm gonna if i get one person to sing along or yeah. involve it's just like a victory in itself yeah. but then after like a couple of songs and people were people were into it people were laughing yeah. it was just uh we well, had a backup plan a... of something something else to say so 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 the song g whiz mm. um there's the line in it that i say um don't put sugar on my tea because I'm sweet enough mm. uh, but then I usually come up and say um, <laughs> but sometimes I like to put it on my shreddies and yeah, the room gets a laugh uh, and then I start listing cereals so I go on my cornflakes on my rice krispies and then me and then the, and then a person from the crowd goes on my cheerios or on my yeah. porridge or, or whatever <laughs> um, which is always a good in, in, interaction thing but 
we were very wary that we might not be able to do that at yeah. this gig so we got a feel for it and we put that song a little bit sort of t- towards the middle of the set list mm. and we kind of just looked at each other and nodded and said yeah yeah let's do it and, and the response that we got back from that gig and was brilliant on it yeah. good it really really was yeah. we, we stayed in a, in, a, in a travel lodge uh, which was about about a mile away f- uh, from from the venue uh, and we we stayed and watched half an hour biscuit we packed away we said goodbye to them and then we went to the pub and we, we had a few drinks there um, and then we walked into 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 the travel lodge at the end of the night and mm. and, and, the, and this woman came up to us she's like oh we saw you earlier on it was brilliant oh awesome was like, oh, yeah that yeah. is what kind of like carries you through and like just reignites that like, spark to just keep gigging and stuff is when you get that recognition and that reaction from people that's just yeah. like mm. and it was just like the comments as well every time we were checking social media there was a new mm. there was a new one from, from a, someone a one, that we didn't know yeah, and, and, was, and uh, people were reading comments as well and then we even went on there's a the Half Man Off Biscuits uh, lyrics project website where they go on and they review the gig and it's like a bit of a yeah. fan forum and they mm. just go on and chat and were those people even talking about us on that nice. as well? It was, was brilliant. Yeah. They didn't go there to see us, but, yeah. but they left as fans. Yeah. And I think yeah. with Half and Half Biscuit fans, they've got a very sort of, they've got a loyal fan base mm. and, and they travel all the way around the country. And I think where it's got around that we're supporting them in Rock City, mm. which I, I honestly can't wait for. Yeah. Um, and and people are excited to see us. So so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice this time to be able to go and think, well, there's people, there's people there that saw us in Sheffield and they enjoyed it. So yeah. Yeah, we're going to feel a lot more comfortable yeah. This time round, yeah. Awesome, man. So, what does twenty twenty hold for? Crap sons, this, like going forward. So, this will be coming out in March, hopefully. So, we've got Crap Fest coming up. You've got Half Man, Half Biscuit. What else are you guys? Yeah. We're going to be releasing uh, a single, aren't we? We yeah. won't go too. We won't go too much into it. We'll do like a, a proper announcement about that. But we've got a, a single there ready to go. But we're just going to sort of. Iron all that out and yeah, we're just gonna dot the T's and cross the I's and all that. Yeah, is that the right way around? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I realised um, what I said. Then. I think uh, I think the main thing though we're going to take from this year. Um, I feel like the first year was about getting um, get, gaining a platform to build on and mm. trying to get the gates, trying to get, uh, get on board with different promoters and whatnot. Last year we really hammered it, and I think this year we just want to sort of enjoy it a bit more. Mm. We're not going to bend over backwards too much. No, no, yeah. Uh, obviously, with me saying earlier on about about the and um, the gigs that we did last mm. year, we we were trying to better ourselves from yeah. last year. It's not a competition. It's not a race. I'm, and we're just going to do the right gigs, and we're, and we're just going to still enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. So that's the plan. Um, I think just have a laugh, a laugh with it still. Just try not to. We're trying to not play as many Liverpool gigs. Yeah. As well. Um, and actually, in fact, Craftfest is the only one that we've got booked really? in, and I could quite happily leave Liverpool, mm. probably until maybe the end of the year, mm. and, and do Liverpool as I maybe the last show really? of the year, um, because we want to venture out. We're, um, we're playing in York, we're playing in Bristol, we're playing in Nottingham, yeah. so we're going to places that, mm. yeah, yeah, the. The bands don't normally yeah. sort of tend to go to because nice. they're stuck in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to venture out. Yeah, I've kind of got the opposite where I can gig up and down like other places. For the fucking life of me, I can't do where or Liverpool properly. To me, that's why I'm really looking forward to Craft Fest to be like yeah. a good, fun, 
enthusiastic show with yeah, some killer bands. Yeah. We've never played on the Wirral as well. Really? We've never played on the Wirral. We've had, we have always said until the right moment comes, we're yeah. going to be a band from Birkenhead who's never played in Birkenhead. Nice. That makes complete sense. Well, that time will come, but obviously yeah. we, we will play in Birkenhead yeah. at some point. Yeah. We just need to make sure that yeah. the rain is absolutely battering it down on this Storm, Storm Dennis is coming thick and fast. So. We'll Let's wrap this up, guys. Um, thank you so much for. Thanks, this Mike. Is like yeah, no bullshit. I am a genuine fan of crap sons. I can't wait for crap fest and oh, see what you guys do. Well. And I definitely, I've got still so many questions to talk to you about over, over music and crap sons. So we could talk forever. So we yeah. So I'm definitely having you back definitely. in the next month or so. But thank you so yeah, much, guys. And let's get warm and dry and charge my laptop and not be so much of a cunt next time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, lightning! What a way to end. What a way to end indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Into the Van with Mike West. This was such a fun chat to have and part of the reason I wanted to do it in the van, obviously I tore out of this thing and it just feels a lot more grounded and real. I know there's going to be some background noise, but I just think it adds to the fact that it's an actual thing happening. And obviously Storm Dennis provided a great atmosphere for that towards the end and then we just got rained off but it was coming to a natural end anyway and it was a super fun hang with mike and andy from crap sons i hope you enjoyed it again if you head to the crap fest to event page click through to skiddle and then enter the promo code crapmates you're going to get tickets for five pounds and i'm going to be opening the show so it's going to be such a fun day i'm super stoked for this there's 11 acts overall so that's less than 50p an act you can't really argue with that type of value I really hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I've had in making it. I can't wait to keep on doing this. There's going to be two episodes a month. And let's just see what happens. I just, I know how lucky I am as a musician to get to meet so many cool people. And I just want to be able to share that with people and have this to be able to look back on for my own selfish needs and just be like, I got to sit down with these people and have a meaningful chat and interaction with these guys. And I hope you enjoy coming along for the ride. So... This is it for Into the Van. I'm so happy to carry on this adventure and I hope you all come along for the ride. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.